Hey guys, welcome back. This is Cortaheed, Cortaheed.com. As today, we are coming back with another podcast episode. As we have so much to talk about, so much to go through, it is insane. We're gonna be t- we're gonna be talking about the Suns game yesterday night. We're gonna be talking about Mavericks making some interesting and huge decisions. Uh, previewing the Bucks Hawks game. In even Colin Sexton news, people are not talking about. So, let's jump right into this. If you guys did not see the last podcast episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast, I would highly recommend listening to that podcast right now before listening to this one because I made the unpopular, the popular bet. Wow, the bold bet of having Jason Kidd as their new head coach for the Mavericks and getting into breaking news and whatnot, two major things were happening. First, I'm going to go with the um, interesting one. The Mavericks are planning to hire Nike's Nico Harrison to front office a leadership position that would probably be the general manager position. So they are hiring a Nike executive in Nico Harrison, who knows many players around the league as their new general manager. That one is concerning, right? Uh, I wasn't expecting all of that, especially since... um. The, I thought the Mavericks were going to try to do something after Don Nelson. But they got a, Nike's, got a Nike executive. Hopefully it could work out. Everybody says this guy has strong connections in the league. That he knows many players that throughout his time with Nike that he's grown some strong relationships. So we'll see how it works. My feeling on it is to have him as a GM... But ultimately, we're going to see um, Mark Cuban and whatnot still being involved, still be the higher up controlling general manager, but having Nico Harrison as that villain. That's just my idea. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but he's going to be there for front office leadership position. People have mixed feelings on this. So do I, but I cannot speculate anything else about this because I was not expecting this, and I don't know much about Nico Harrison. Now, now, hold on. This one's interesting. This one's a good one for the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have also announced that they're planning to hire Jason Kidd as their new head coach. That was my bold prediction. By saying, you know what? The Mavericks are going to make that decision. They're going to go out there and they're going to get him. They're going to get Jason Kidd because the Celtics were already taken. The, uh, oh, who else? Oh, he was Brooklyn Nets assistant. Brooklyn Nets assistant went. Celtics got, oh, and then the Pacers got Rick Carlisle. Right, so there were still a lot of places for him to go, but Jason Kidd will be returning back to Dallas, who um whom he helped win the twenty eleven NBA championship. So that's pretty significant. That's pretty
pretty awesome, right? So he's going to be getting back in touch with Mark Cuban, with the organization. Going to be an amazing head coach for Luka Doncic. And they're hoping to get this contract finalized. Everybody's confirming that they're going to be hiring this um, player turned coach, right? Jason Kidd is confirmed. It's just not official yet. The Mavericks don't come out with an official statement. But many experts around the NBA are saying, you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, Before we continue on with the, with the show and whatnot, I wanted to get those two pieces of um, um, two pieces of news that were very important, very significant to what we were discussing today and whatnot. But, but, we cannot forget about it. I know I forgot to mention it last podcast episode, but you guys see it all the time in the, the script, podcast description below, wherever you're listening at, whether it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever. And that's our membership. As our as our membership right here, our exclusive content membership. And we have our elite membership and our silver membership. Look, if you're looking for reliable, high quality, low price, um material that you know you want as an NBA fan while still being on NBA Insider without paying big bucks, here you go. We're offering now, and this is done in the link below, where you get to go to the page and whatnot, where you see the Elite Membership, and you can have four articles a month, two newsletters per week, per month. So you're getting eight newsletters per month. You're getting, uh, let me see, four, 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 16 coupons per month, commenting on posts and personalized emails sent right to you by news, um, coupons, deals, specials, um, articles that have just been released on the website, um, your exclusive articles. But here's the thing, for $3 a month, for a month, $3 per month, however, your first three days are free. Yes, you heard me correctly. If you don't like it after three days, that's fine. That's why we have the free trial. So you get a feel for it without having to pay right up front. Like ESPN, Bleacher Report. Um, all these different guys make you do up front. Or these different companies, rather. Make you do up front. But every single Sunday morning, you'll be getting our exclusive newsletter. But also a membership login to where you're able to see all of our exclusive content which we just came out of a fabulous piece talking about the Clippers win and what that has for the Suns, like what kind of impact that has, what kind of significance as a hold. And I always said Sunday when we broke down what campaign needed to do, what Devin Booker, DeAndre, and the bench um, entirely needed to do, what everyone needed to do in the event that Chris Paul was not a go for game one, game two, or even game three for that matter, um, and we broke it all down. This is not where you get, um, like cheap, not good quality, like type articles. No, this is, we go through, we pick out the best content 
for you guys what you like, what's hot in the NBA right now, and we go, we give you our takes, we give you um, takes around the NBA, we give you professional takes, we go in-depth, we go statistic and fact-heavy, but we make it really fun, really informational, so you know where to get your NBA news without the politics, just basketball, being an NBA insider for only $3 a month. And this is legit. This is not like me saying, oh, you're going to be an insider. I'm saying, um, for example, Phoenix Suns in six against the Clippers. No, we take you inside the NBA. Our takes, knowledge that no other brand, no other company is offering to you. We're giving you the good stuff, and we're not holding back because we value you guys as customers, and we want to give you the absolute best. So, I highly recommend the Elite membership. I highly recommend the Silver membership. And plus, if you're feeling if you're if you're feeling frisky and you say, you know what, forget those two memberships. Or if you want to buy the Elite membership, one if you're really feeling frisky. Um, or risky and whatnot, go in the same link down below where the memberships are. There's free tabs, elite membership, silver membership, but exclusive highlight video. Man, oh man, people love this one. So, if you guys have not checked out any of the highlight videos we put out, I highly recommend the Kobe Bryant ones, I highly recommend the LeBron James ones, I highly recommend the James Harden ones, and all these different ones, these creative ones, because we will be sending out one highlight video each week straight to your web uh, email and our website for 99 cents per month. So per month, you'll be getting four exclusive highlight videos that goes beyond two, three minutes and beyond. Of your favorite player, because when we send you everything, when we send you the first video as intro, what we do, what we specialize in, like for videos here, we see a glimpse. We'll send you a survey asking you different questions on how, what team you like, different things like that. But then this way, we know what to put the videos based on, and you only be receiving the best. This is not going to be cheaply done and quality, right? This is people rate is better than Bleacher Report, better than high professionals that make high reviews regularly that specialize in that. But we go above and beyond. People love it. People say they can't get enough of it. And I truly say for the dollar a month that these four highlight videos are worth Every 25 cents you put in each week. Truly. Because it's something that no one has ever seen. And hey. It's not like these people. Like other people online. Are seeing this firsthand. Only you guys. And it's different for every single person. So this is just not being mass produced to everyone. No. This is catered right towards you. So if you want a better idea. What we're talking about. Go to our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel, or any channel, right, that we are on. Or just go to click on the link below. Get a better sense. You will not be disappointed. This is geared towards the customer. We don't care for the money. We just want to make exclusive. 
We want you guys to be on the NBA insider level without having to deal with the politics side of it, having to deal with the craziness, trying to find information when or not. Because right here, right now, we have it all and it's being broken down. Legit, people, hundreds upon hundreds of people love this, rate us, review us, say this is some of the greatest productions, content we ever had. And people love our writers, people love everything, and we don't want you guys to miss out on it. So remember to go down in the comment section, not the comment section, but the description below, and you'll see one link, one to two links, referring you back to that form of seeing all three options of the elite membership, exclusive membership, and silver membership. Remember, the memberships are free for the first three days, and then X amount of dollars for each month. The exclusive highlight video is 99 cents per month. This only takes three minutes to set up, three minutes to activate, You'll be outdoor. We'll send you that email within 24 hours and you'll be good to go. Okay. Now that we are done with that, and a very important note and very important topic I wanted to discuss, right? Because I always feel as though we need to talk about that. We always need to talk about stuff beyond social media, even though we want to have those interactions with you, but we need you guys to be informed too so we can have these NBA insider conversations to where we can really enjoy the game even more, right? But moving on, besides that, you guys heard uh, what I was pulling out there while I was lying down. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to exciting news. And this is going to be our last breaking news section that was out today at the time of this recording. Well, it's being released today at 8 a.m., Right, so if anything else happens, we'll cover in the next podcast episode, which will be Saturday morning, as I want to make up for being out of the um out of the office, out of the studio on Monday and Tuesday. So whatever we miss, we'll cover on Saturday. We have many things to talk about then too, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, correct? This last piece of information, I am shocked about it. I brought it up briefly. In the last podcast episode, and I was talking about the NBA draft water. I'm like, oh, wow, the Cleveland Cavaliers have a great pick. They can build around Colin Sexton. They can build around. They can do this. There's Garland, Kevin Love, these different guys. This could be something. This could be pivotal draft picks for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But this is conflicting reports, but it may actually be simplified. It may actually be simplified to the point where they don't want him. It's shocking. Meaning, the Cavaliers, your Cleveland Cavaliers, with J.B. Bickerstaff, the front office and everyone, is exploring, is exploring the trade options for Colin Sexton. The original federal pick? <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry. The eighth overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft. And before I continue, might I add that the 2018 NBA draft was stacked. 
I just stacked one of the greatest NBA draft classes ever. And I know I'm getting off topic, but I say it all the time. When you have guys like DeAndre Jordan, Luka Doncic, John Jackson Jr., Trey Young, um, Colin Sexton, Mikael Bridges, Shea Gilgis Alexander, all of these different guys, Dante DiVincenzo, Kevin Herter. Like, that is significant. That is amazing. And you never want to miss that. Right? Because when you think of 2018 draft costs, you think of, well, you think of a few players, right? You think of Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and then uh, De- uh, DeAndre Ayton. Then comes Shea Gilchrist Alexander, right? He went from Charlotte to Chicago, um to OKC, and he had a he had a field day. He had a season, two, I believe, last season, yeah, last season, with the uh, Thunder with CP three before he shipped over to Phoenix and whatnot, and it just put his career even more on a highlight performing stage. It was truly a sight to see. 2018 NBA draft. Sure, you can say, well, Marvin Bagley was drafted um, within the top five, and that was a huge mistake. Or you could say, um, Dante DiVincenzo should not have gone um, where he went at before Shea Gillis Alexander, right? Or, uh, um, or Javon Crowder or Javon Carter should have not have gone. Early in the second round, right? You could just point to those moments. And I'm going to make a video. Or even what would have happened if Trey Young and Luke Doncic did not get traded and swap players. Imagine Trey Young on the Mavericks. And imagine Luke Doncic on the Mavericks. I mean, I'm Luke Doncic on the Hawks. And what, man, like what could have been? Like, I'm going to do an entire article, maybe a podcast episode on the 2018 NBA draft because I think it's too significant to give up on, like to forget about because it's those memories. I know people have recent memory fatigue, like recent memory, like on last year's NBA draft, like, oh, it was Mel Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Dobie Toppin, all these different guys. But truth be told, 2018 was just better statistically, uh, athleticism, uh, hype, people want, uh, players being able to fill, uh, people's, uh, uh, I can't speak today, I apologize, fill seats in the arena, right? You had EuroLeague players, known as Luka Doncic, you had all-out guys, underdogs like Trey Young, who made a tremendous impact on whatever team he's been on, high school, college, from NBA with the Hawks right now. So it goes, it goes really. It's just crazy, especially how the Andre Ain has been performing for the Suns, right? So yeah, really crazy. I don't know how I got off topic. But let's jump back on a topic with the Call Sexton news, right? As the as the Cavs have begun to explore the trade market for Call Sexton, 
This has been confirmed by Sports Illustrated, um, Jeremy Wu, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. And I apologize if I don't, but Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated had that confirmation sent to him through different league sources. So Colin Sexton's out there. And the in the madness behind this option that they want to trade him is because he's eligible for a contract extension this offseason. And it appears likely to seek the max. So that means that the Cavaliers, or this is just a belief around the league, and while I'm reading on basketball, real GM, right? But basically, there's this belief going around the NBA saying, well, the Cavaliers would rather trade Sexton instead of having to extend him because of that max contract that could put their salary cap in jeopardizing um, conditions, right? Because they hold the number three draft uh, draft uh, draft spot in the twenty twenty one NBA draft. So with that huge pick and with guys like Chad Cummington and Jalen and whatnot, that's gonna be huge, especially if they give up their point guard. To me, I don't know. I always been a f- I always been a fan of Colin Sexton. Sure, I can have my critical moments on him, but I believe Colin Sexton's good. He, um, I'm just going to break down his averages real quick. From 2018 to 2020, I'm just going to read it from the beginning of his career. 16, 20, 24. And this is with his men starting from 31, 33 to 35. He, he's really consistent in his shooting too. On career average, 45%. This season, 47. Last season, 47. 2018, his first season... Which was 2018. Hey, who can forget about... Wait, Colin Sexton was also in the 2018 NBA draft. Who can forget about him? Right? It's madness. Uh, I'm trying not to get off topic, but... He had 43% from the field. But when you break it down, he's such a great player. But... I see. I see, I see, I see. Where... Where this could be... Where this could be... Like, I don't know what the right word would be. It would be more enticing because people are saying, well, if they draft Jalen Suggs with the third overall pick, the Cavs are more likely to trade Colin Sexton. But why would you want to draft Jalen Suggs? And nothing against him, but you have a proven you have a proven player here. And don't you think you should just pay the man? But how much is it going to be that contract? Do you talk about 120, 140? Something like that, I, I don't know. I don't know, and that's, that's a very interesting question, right? Because both play the guard position. Suggs, actually, I'm looking at um, at Jalen Suggs' stats right now. I played for Gonzaga, Gonzaga Bulldogs, right? For 2020, 2021, he shot 50% from the field, 76% from the free throw line, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He beats out Colin Sexton just this season alone at everything besides scoring, besides the points. Uh, to me, to me, I'm just saying that that just seems very important to me. And looking at the two, would you want to give up? 
Would you want to give up Colin Sexton? If the money's not there and you're saying, let's see how J.B. Baker's staff, the coaching staff, every everyone on that team can develop, for example, Jalen Suggs. You may have something you're like, you know what, we're going to roll the dice, let someone else um, take a risk on Colin Sexton. He's a great player, but is he worth that amount of money? And maybe not, but in the Cavaliers' defense, they have a huge contract in Kevin Love. I believe Andre Drummond's still there. I'm checking on that. I'm oh my, I'm I'm a very buddies. I'm sorry. He's on the Lakers. I forgot that they had the contract buyout. Brain freeze. You guys can tell uh, how I'm doing today. This it's like my second time having a brain freeze today. I can't believe why, but yeah. So, you don't have Andre Drummond anymore. Now you have an aging Kevin Love. A com- contract-sucking uh, player that could just demolish and just break down your salary cap, right? You also have all these different options because they're probably not going to trade him before the NBA draft. Because, let's say, they don't draft Jalen Suggs and they want to get... And I'm just using this as um, as a reference. But what happens if they want to get... If Evelyn, uh, Evan Mobley is available, what happens if they just want to move on from Kevin Love? Or do you just want to put something behind Kevin Love until his contract expires? Right? Evan Mobley could be, could be something. Jalen Green can be something. Right now, he's with the G League um, Ignite, Right? He he's a shooting guard, but do you need a shooting guard? Well, yeah, because because well, you're saying you have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who both are they're shooting guards, but their guards are passing guards. They're more like point guards, right? But you're saying Cleveland can't afford to pass on Suggs' superior passing defense, and everything like that, because when he has that ball, he's able to put up pull-up shots, floater shots, playmaking, energy, and competitiveness. That can help the, that can help, that can help strengthen the identity that the Cavs are trying to set again. Try to have a mini Kyrie. You never have, well, you could, but I'm just saying, could you have that in Jalen Suggs? Maybe, if we're rolling the dice, me personally, and once I talk about this more and more in the coming weeks, I would say, let's see what you could do. Let's see how you, these guys evaluate. Let's see where the rumors spread. But if this is if you're putting your trust and confidence in Jalen Suggs, do you know what? Let's roll the dice on him. Forget about Colin Sexton. Get Jalen Suggs on a rookie contract down in Cleveland. And let's see if this team can do something right I see that I see that's the best way to go honestly because I I think it's either gonna be Mobley or Suggs um that's all that's how I'm feeling about it Mobley would be great because well a because he's 32 years old Kevin Love is and Kevin Love isn't always gonna be this um consistent guy 
He's been here in the league for 12 years. I want to see his contract. I want to see his contract when that comes up. 2023. 2023. I say, I say just get rid of him. He, he signed his four-year $120 million max contract, right? A huge contract. I think it's time to get away from him. You're going to have him like when he's 33, 34. That to me just seems like a horrible deal. But could it work with Jalen Suggs? Kevin Love? They just need to tap into Kevin, um, sorry, into Jalen Suggs, make it work for two seasons, and then try to keep evolving your team. Would you want to build it around Jalen Suggs with Darius Garland, with all these different pieces? But that's going to be a huge rebuild. And the thing is, what happened at the end, let's just say he goes for a pick, he signs a four-year contract with them since he was a first-round pick and whatnot. Why well, been those four years you can't turn it around? Now we back to square one? Because that's basically what they did John um Colin Sexton essentially. They said, okay, from twenty eighteen now, this run has not been well and now his contracts here. Do they try to do that? Do they try to roll the dice with Jalen Suggs? So I have there's pros and cons to everything. I have hesitancies about everything. But if you're gonna if you're gonna pull the trigger on Jalen Suggs, I say do it while you still have marketable uh, marketable abilities with Colin Sexton because he's because Colin Sexton is, is a great player, not injured, is gonna be able to fit on a team that needs a point guard, a versatile point guard that can shoot and pass. He's like a two way player, right? He could do things on offense and defense, right? But his main categories, his main skills is passing and shooting. Just do not treat it like another Colin Sexton. Meaning you waste three of his years and you find out, well, he pulled great numbers, but the contract's just not there. And that could be very sketchy for them heading into the future because Cleveland's not a huge team you want to play for. It's not like this is 2016 with LeBron, Kyrie, and Love, right? This is just the uh, Cavs with J.B. Biggerstaff and um, uh, almost expiring Colin Sexton and an aged out Kevin Love, who's been aged out for the past five years. And since he got that huge contract, there's not such a need for him to win another championship because he's already been there done that excuse me but yeah, that's that's my opinion that's my feelings on it i'll discuss about that more in the upcoming segments i have to keep monitoring that i saw it was interesting how we're now saying let's get jalen sucks if we're gonna do it this big we gotta do it big we got the third overall pick now yeah i'll save that yeah it, it's just it gets very rocky because they try to also play out both Kevin Love and um, Sexton. Sexton's going to be able to get traded, right? That's going to be um, a no-brainer. They're going to be able to trade Sexton, but can you trade Love? I say you get rid of the contract, you take some of that cap hit, you just get rid of him, and maybe try to make a play for someone that's going to actually help your team. 
not saying he can't do that anymore. It's just like he's aging. He's not going to be that Andre Drummond, right? I would rather have Andre Drummond because he was getting almost 20 points, 18 rebounds per game, right? Or that Christian Wood or that somebody, right? Even Mobley, the uh, center who's predicted to go number two to the Rockets, would have been interesting, right? So it's just like one of those things. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Um, We'll talk about that more. The draft is on July 20, uh, on July 23rd. That's going to be a huge day. We got picks one for 62 rounds. A lot's going to be happening throughout social media, and we can't wait. That's going to be an exciting night for Chad Cummington, Jalen uh, Suggs, Jalen Green, different guys like that. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting how all these teams play out. But without further ado, let's, uh, real quick, let's preview the Hawks against Bucks. As I'm not going to take too much time on this segment, but I'm going to take a lot of time on the Suns against Clippers because of obvious reasons. If you guys watched yesterday night's game, where it was interesting to say the least. Okay, so heading into game two, today at 5.30 p.m., Milwaukee's has to make a stand. They lost 116-113 against Atlanta, but at home court. So Milwaukee had a home court advantage. Chris Milton could not get the game time free. Giannis, everyone poured it out, but Trey Young took over with 48 points, 11 assists. What a great double-double. Um, two points shy from another 50-point game. This is huge for the box because you can't go down, tune us into the Hawks. You didn't do anything in the home court advantage that you had in Milwaukee with uh, cheering fans. If Now, if you go down to Atlanta, I'm not saying it's impossible to win a game in Atlanta, but it's going to be tough. If you go down to nothing, Atlanta has all the momentum. Call, um... John Collins, Clint Capella, Trey Young, Bogdanovich, and everyone else, Kevin Herter, right, is going to be screaming, is going to be ready, is going to be hyped up, is going to be locked and focused, more focused in the Bucks, and you could be looking at a sweep, you could be looking at singing five games. If they lose to, if they lose today at 5.30 p.m., I say take the Hawks at 5 and you come back. I say the Bucks can win a game. I say it's going to be very tough. But it's either going to be Hawks at 5 or 6. And you're going to see the Hawks go to the NBA Finals. And that's not me basing it off this one game. But it's like, look, the Bucks beat a ragged out Nets team. If the Nets were fully healthy or somewhat healthy before Kyrie went down, the Nets were stomping them. And here's the problem. This young energetic team that's hungry for a championship like the Bucks, but more since they have a great head coach in Nate McMillan they're going to do all that they can and Trey Young does not want to go down without a fight right so it's like one of those things where we see Trey Young pouring it out and if you're in Atlanta and Atlanta's backing up the villain of the NBA we now have, you guys now have a problem 
and Giannis is not going to rise up. Mike Boonholzer is going to fall under pressure. Chris Milton is going to be an average player. Drew Holiday is just going to be there. P.J. Tucker is going to be there defensively. The Bucks are a good, are a phenomenal team in the regular season, but in the postseason, they're an average to okay team. Truly, that's not me trying to bust them down, try to break them down. No, I'm just pointing it out because I believe the Hawks can do it. I believe with or without Trey Young, they can do it. With or without Kevin Hurd, they can do it. This is a team effort, and they made a series. But you just, if I'm the Bucks, I can't go down to nothing to the Hawks going back to Atlanta. Because it's not like you're doing this in Atlanta. That would have been a different story. You just, but here's the thing about, now here's the thing the Hawks got to realize. The Bucks are going to give all they got, and they're going to go pound, 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 punch for punch, blow for blow. They, they'll do whatever they got. Giannis is not going to go down without a fight. None of those guys are. They're going to try, and they're going to give them every ounce of energy they got before they have to go down to Atlanta because they want to tie this series one apiece. They don't want to be down to nothing. The Hawks preferably wants to be there, but even if the Hawks go up to nothing, I still have Milwaukee winning a game in Atlanta. It's going to be a lot tougher. It's going to take more mental and physical physical energy out of you, but at least you can say you beat Atlanta in hometown, in their hometown, and now you have a shot. Let's say you go down to nothing. You make it 2-1. That's still something. You may not win. You may go down 3-1. Let's say that. It's a close-up, but then the Bucks win 3-2. It can end six games for all I know. The Hawks. But at least it showed to the Bucks that they were trying. They gave it all they got, but they're still missing that one piece. I really do believe Mike Boonholzer is the problem because you should not be having all this star power, all this firepower, not to beat teams more easily. And I guess the Hawks, in which I'm not discrediting them, I'm not belittling them. No, I love the Hawks. I love to see Suns against the Hawks in the NBA Finals. That matching of Trey Young against Devin Booker, Clint Capella against DeAndre Ayn, uh, I guess you could do John Collins or Ken Herter against Chris Paul and uh, John Collins or whomever against Jay Crowder. Just keep trickling it down and whatnot to all these different guys. That, to me, would be a fun matchup. But I'm going to go with the Hawks winning today at 5.30 p.m. That's when the game begins. Atlanta has the lead right now. The pressure is going to be on the Bucks more than ever to win that game because if not, more skeptics will be rising, more critical errors will be happening, and more frustrations and confidence will be going down, right? So if I'm the Bucks, this is a critical game. This is a pivotal game. And I know I'm excited for game fives, but for both teams, this is pivotal, but for the Bucks, this is more pressuring. If the Hawks lose, at least they can say they won one. Uh, they won one time in Milwaukee, right? That's all you can say. That's all you can say. You go back and you try to be a free to one um, after being having those two games down in Atlanta, right? That's my feelings on it. Saturday, when we released that podcast, 
that's when I'm going to really know and everything. Meaning, I'm really going to know about the scores, how it all transpired. And even, yeah, even about that. Because the only game that's playing today is the Hawks Bucks. So, my full attention is just going to be on this game, right? It's just going to be like, okay, this is broadcasting um, at 5.30 p.m. And Milwaukee's got to win this. Pressure, more pressure built up from Milwaukee expectations are creeping in for the Hawks just because that the beast is being shown in the Hawks and the Hawks can rise up and swoop the victory in the series and I'm not going to really call this a series until we get the game free and that's why I see the Hawks dominating or the Bucks dominating for that matter right but even at two to one series uh, leave for either team. I wouldn't really sp- surprise me. It will only get worse for either team if they take a free to one, right? For either side. So I'm going to take Hawks tomorrow. I believe the Hawks can lead a 2 nothing. It will be more life threatening for the Bucks to go back to line being down 2 nothing to the Hawks, knowing that, having that feeling. But that's my feeling on it. That's my preview on it. I believe Trey Young's going to explode. Kevin Hurd's going to be a fantastic player in that game. Clint Capel's going to be the underrated player to get a double-double. 19 rebounds and, like we should say, 12 points. But, yeah, that, that's my feelings. That's my feelings on it. So, um, yesterday night was an interesting game free for the Phoenix Suns against... The Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, where do I begin with that? People are talking big talk about the Suns going out free nothing. Going out free nothing against the Clippers. Making it a series. Beating the home team, right? But, but when you count out the Clippers, you can't do that with or without Kawhi. It's been proven. Paul George was not the main factor in last night's game. It was Reggie Jackson and the defensive pressure by Patrick Beverly. And you just saw it was a team effort. I know I say that a lot, but Zubak played tremendous def- defense. 16 boards and 15 points. George, 27 points and 15 rebounds. Jackson, 23 points. Beverly had 8 points, but more known for his defense. Luke Kennard hit nine, had nine points, but hit two clutch frees, of which they desperately needed and to keep the momentum riding. Everybody played their part, but what really killed the Suns was themselves. Chris Paul did not look 100%. Just saying him. COVID fatigue was real for him. Being out for 10 days just on rest and recovery killed him. He did not have a great game. The Suns, in total, just as a team, went 38% from the field goal. From field, excuse me, I'm sorry. From field goal percentage, 31% from free point percentage, and 92% from free throws. But they took less. Um, they took 11 less. Uh, why can't I speak? 11 less free throws than the LA Clippers did. They were out-rebounded. They had four more assists than the Clippers, out-blocked, 
our steals had had one less turnovers, but had more fouls. And the foul game in the beginning was really rough by the refs. The refs can't do anything right. And it seems like in the beginning of the game, they're pushing it more for the Clippers to make this a series. To say, you know, we can't let the Suns do it. And that's just our entire conspiracy fear. But everybody was picking up on it. I was like, these cheap shots are happening. Like, we're getting hit in the face and everything. We're wondering how Jay Crowder's teeth can't fall off. Weren't falling off after a dirty blow. But they're not replaying that. But officiating was horrible. What's new? It's the NBA. <laughs> Oh, um, it, yeah, officiating was just bad, but Stephen Booker could not find a groove. He only had 15 points, but that was 5 of 21. DeAndre Ayn, who was 9 for 13, 18 points and 9 rebounds, he played pretty solid. Chris Paul, on the other hand, was 5 of 19, 15 points and 12 assists. The assist helped. But the team, the, the, the Clippers just played better. They just shot better. And when you're able to shoot better and you're able to get stored, score more consistently, you need to pub 21, the, 21 the free runs in the second half and dominate as the Clippers did, you're going to be able to defeat them. And I didn't, I thought the Suns were going to win, but I didn't think that. It was going to be Suns and four that they were going to dominate. I knew the Clippers were going to push it to the metal. They, they outscored us 60 to 44 just in the second half, right? It was just, it was bad. It was really bad. That was a mentally draining game for the Suns. The Suns just can never get in a consistent groove. It was always favoring the Clippers, statistically and physically, mentally, just seeing everything on the court. Whether you're listening on the 98.7 or you're listening on ESPN, it didn't matter whether you saw it or you heard it. It just always had the same effect. Phoenix Suns in the first half shot poorly and just kept declining quarter by quarter. Especially in that uh, middle to late second half, right? Just, you really can't, I can't talk about it. Because I keep beating and beating and beating. But this is the Clippers. They found a way to win. Man found a way to shoot. Zubak found a way to play defense. Play better. George finally hit a few free throws. Jack Jackson hit 23 points. He was the... Him and George were the game leaders. They combined for 50 points. Paul and Bokron combined for 30 points. Right? You can see the difference. You can see the difference. Even if you added Mikel Bridges in there, it's only 47. If you added Sergeant Craig in there, that's only... Oh, oh man, I lost my... Uh, it's only going to be 49. It would take... It, it, would, it would take Etwan Moore or Cameron Payne to get us over there. And Cameron Payne was ruled after a remainder of game due to an ankle injury. An ankle injury. 
So we didn't have our backup point guard. And since we didn't have our point backup point guard, and I know I'm going to hate to say this, right? Because I'm not a big fan of him besides last game, right? But when you don't have your backup point guard, no matter who he is, that's tough because each one more or anyone else is not designed to be backup. It was Karen Payne. He fits that role in that ankle injury. Is something you're going to have to monitor because he only played four minutes in the game before exiting. And within four minutes, two points and one assist. It was just a mentally draining game for the Suns and one that we got humbled in. So all this talks about Suns of four, we're going to go prepare for the NBA Finals. That's just insanity. That's absurdity. And we just need to calm down. We just need to relax. We need to say, you know what? We'll go back to LA. We'll just fix it. Okay, we got the COVID system um, symptoms. Even if they're um, septic or not for Chris Paul, it doesn't matter. Fatigue is still fatigue for over a 10-day period. And now since he's gotten that out of his system, he's going to play much better, become more consistent. The whole team's going to look better when Paul is better. The whole team's going to look better when the bench can shoot. The whole team's going to look better when D.A. and Booker can do their thing. And it didn't help that Devin Booker had to play with a broken nose that was broken in three different places and it just had to be stitched up and he had to wear a mask to protect it. Like one of those face masks to protect the face, like the nose and whatnot. So you do not re-injure it or severely break it again, right? But... It was just sad. My energy of that game was just depressed, moody, wanting it to be over. No, because even though we were down by 11, 8, getting back up to 13, we had a shot, but it just never felt that way. It just felt like we were done, like we were out of it. But yeah, props to the Clippers for battling. Props, yeah, props to Tyloo, props to everyone. But now people today... Tomorrow, until that game begins, game four, yeah, game four, we're just going to hear the Clippers are exploiting the Suns, they found their strategies, they found their weaknesses, their strengths, they're capitalizing, they're going to be able to turn this thing around, oh, look at this, they're going to make it 2-2, 3 and it's their way in six games instead of the Suns, I don't want to hear that, even though I am going to be hearing that. On any channel, on any broadcasting, on any news station, right for sports entertainment, I'm going to be hearing that a lot because we have to jump to the next thing. We have to jump to a conclusion of what's going to happen. The next dramatic thing. We just got to slow down. It was one really bad game. But Saturday, after getting all the COVID fatigue out of Chris Paul, making it work through his system, playing those 39 minutes should help getting back to the flow of working out consistently right that's gonna help just watching film watch tape just trying to work through all the issues and capitalize on the successes that they had i'm telling you game four is gonna be more of like a battle it's gonna look like the first two games and even if we drop the fourth game to the clippers we're going back to phoenix we're gonna pick up that win even if we got forced to a game seven the suns will have home court advantage but 
I always say a team should always win game one and game four. The Suns checked off the first box, and I believe they're going to check off the fourth box, uh, second box by winning game four. So come this Saturday, we're going to be breaking it down even more. But that was my thoughts on the game last night. I was pretty upset. Again, I, I never rule out the Clippers with or without Kawhi, with or without Baca, with or without healthy players. Because those fans were electric. Everybody was going off. They were just going off and off and off. Draining freeze on our face. Doing it in style. Luke Kennard getting four-point plays. Jackson hitting freeze. Beverly hitting freeze. George hitting freeze. Everyone just did it. And we couldn't stop them. No matter how tightly we defended. We just couldn't stop them. Man, oh man, what's it going to take? Like, what's it going to take physically? We're going to find out Saturday. We'll come back to you guys Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you guys for listening to this entire podcast. And if you have, let us know in the comment section below. As if, if you guys say you listen to the entire video, whether you were doing this through SoundCloud, through anywhere, we will give you a personal shout-out on the show, username and all, to, um, just thanking you for being um, and listening on this show. We truly appreciate it. We truly appreciate it when each and every one of you guys buy the membership. It helps us continue to pump out content on the site for exclusive membership for our podcast, for everything that we do. We hope you guys enjoyed the breakdown. We hope that you guys enjoyed all the pieces of news. I wish there was more to discuss, but we're getting to these games where we're getting to these parts in the postseason where it's only going one game per day because we got down to the conference finals. And I'm going to be more excited for the conf- for the NBA finals, but I'm also excited for game four, excited for game two tomorrow, but more excited for Suns game four. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be real. I'll see you guys on the next podcast episode Saturday morning at 8. Get on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Search us on the webs. We are everywhere. See you Saturday.